This is Gemma Redgrave, and you're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 450 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where every door is an invitation to a new and wonderful adventure. Except that one. That one leads to death. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. And I'm Haley. And this week, the players take to the field for the final minutes of the Doctor Who Flux game. But this chapter proves that the rules of the sport haven't been fully explained. So the, the Doctor gets some answers to the Division mystery, but in true Chris Chibnall fashion... Every single answer comes with three more questions, at least one of which will never be resolved. But suffice to say, the Flux and the Ravengers are tools of destruction in a larger force's hand. Vinder and Bell are still near missing one another, but their spiraling trajectories do technically get them closer as Bell ends up with Carvanista back in Earth's orbit, and Vinder ends up in a passenger with Dan's friend Di. Now, in a surprise to absolutely no one, we learned that the Earth is at the epicenter of the crumbling universe. Of course it is. Yeah. And the Centaurans have actually figured out a way, with a little bit of inside help at UNIT, of all places, to get through the Lupari defenses and wreak havoc on the planet. Because, you know, why not make things even more chaotic? But wait, there's more! As all of that explodes, Swarm and Azura figure out a way to get to Tectuan's seed vault take control, and are preparing to jump from one universe to another to do more dastardly deeds. Division created the flux because you're scared of me. Not scared, wary. Perhaps. How much power do you imagine I have? You inspire. Make people question and rise up. You give them hope that can be problematic. Who even are you? You don't remember. Why would you? I think my eyes are the same even across the regenerations. But you wouldn't know. Can't be. I'm the one who found you. I brought you to Gallifrey and raised you. I'm Tecteum. The woman you used to call mother. So let's let's start with units aspect in in this chapter. So we didn't really know the significance of the the grand serpent other than uh teeing up Vendor's backstory. 
but it it looks like he's kind of inserted himself into unit's history i mean that's a that's a bold move for a doctor who showrunner to make i mean that that's a really bold move for a doctor who showrunner to make so how well did he handle it depends on which part of the fan base you ask <laughs> right after it aired true <laughs> True. People uh, got there, mad. Yeah, there were there were definitely some some people that thought it was fantastic, and some others that thought it was yeah the end of the show as it usually is. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, no. uh, for me, from my little corner of the fandom, it, it's not like this guy has been controlling and dictating unit really from the beginning. You know, he was just kind of there and part of it, and part of its development. That you can't say he wasn't, but. I don't know. I don't think it changes, you know, what unit's mandate was from the beginning or Briggs role in unit or anything like that. So right. you can, you still mm-hmm. have the unit you had. We, we've seen, we saw the, one of the actual like leads of unit effectively shutting him down being like, no, it is not going to happen. So it's, it's not like he's been in charge of things the whole time. He's mm-hmm. just been trying to insert himself. I feel like he did just enough to get himself as an important player, but not trying to completely take it over. So he skipped enough through time to kill off the key people to get to that position where he could hold a red telephone and mm-hmm. issue some orders and insert his people with their little snake tattoos right on their wrist, which is a super obvious place <laughs> to have a secret tattoo. Just saying. A little bit. Uh, could plan that out a little better. But yeah, just enough so that he could do that at the end. And I feel like he sort of tracked it back. So he's like, all right, here's where I need to be. Who do I kill? Who do I murder? Who mm-hmm. do I marry? <laughs> <laughs> to get there. Hey. Anybody else get a little bit of a Hydra Inside Shield vibe from the whole plan? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. A lot of bit. (laughs) Anytime you've got like the the secret society working beneath your heroes, whether it's the, you know, the Death Eaters or or Hydra or anything like that, that have sort of secretly infiltrated, you get that vibe. But man, yeah, the the badges on the wrist thing is a bit much. Or how about the Time Lords inside the Time Lords? It's like a microcosm bigger of the, on the whole inside. overall story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll get to that. that yeah, yeah. Mess just, in sorry, just a I didn't second. mean to derail. No. I'm just saying, no. like, womp. So, <laughs> but the but specifically with regard to things like when when people I I saw the the rift immediately happen when you hear uh, Lethbridge Stewart's voice over the PA, right? Mm-hmm. And immediately. I hear a bunch of people say, "Oh, well, that that's a that was a nice nod, just to say, okay, we're aware of the larger, you know, the the larger scheme of things." And other people saying, "Let him go and and, and stop stop you know bringing him back up and 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 let let the memory rest." I'm like, well, you can't really have unit without the Lethbridge Stewart family, and yeah. this. This wears that on its you know on its vest through the it whole thing. Also. Mm-hmm. I- Date stamps it and yeah. says, this is how far back we go. Mm. Here's where we land. It, it also makes a point of saying, like, even with this, these changing changes that we're making to the history of Unit and inserting this guy in there, we're not undoing Lethbridge Stewart's legacy at Unit. Like, he was still there. He was still running his team the way that you saw it when you watched this before as a kid. And we still end up with Kate as the head of Unit in the future. So, like, things haven't changed drastically we just we now know a player who's in there. And wasn't unit being shut down in a different episode? 
Uh, yes, previously well, beca- because of uh, because of Brexit, there yeah. was a whole thing about it being it, it wasn't being shut down; it was being like uh, suspended. Yeah, and that's where I think we're coming in at the tail end mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And she's saying to him there at the desk, "It doesn't matter what's happened; I'm still watching you." Oh yeah, I mean that that mm-hmm. whole speech that they gave Jimmy Redgrave was amazing. Her oh, yeah. "I see you" speech was like. It was one of the goosebump moments, and it wasn't necessarily that it was so so well crafted or that it was really definitely. It was not a Moffat kind of monologue uh, of that caliber, but the fact that she was back and she was delivering it with so much um, with so much strength was yeah. was was worth the price of admission on that one. Um, the the thing that I keep reminding myself too uh, with the folks that were getting upset about the fact that it, they they felt it was it was uh, uh, undercutting the 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 legacy of, of unit that's been established in canon is that this is not the timeline as we are supposed to know it. This is a mucked up timeline that has been irrevocably and and indescribably monkeyed with by flux influences so mm-hmm. you know th- maybe that's going to be the the way to get out of the you know i i hecked with canon card or or what but but i just i keep having to remind myself that every time he does another one of the oh i can be clever too maneuvers with his writing this chapter centers a lot around the reveal of tectayun uh having been with division since its inception and that Tectayun is trying to use the Flux to scrap one universe and seed another, with or without the Doctor. So here's an opinion poll. What's the connection, if any, between the Timeless Child and the perceived success or failure of, we'll call it Universe One? Oh, that virus line. You know, you were the virus, which, that stings. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Real sweet. I mean, moms do often tell their kids they're not the center of the universe, but it sounds like this is saying <laughs> you are, and you hecked with my plans, and uh, no. now I'm upset with you. Clearly, Earth is the center of the universe. Well, well, no, it's clearly the center of the collapse <laughs> of the universe. Yes. I don't know what to make of, of this yet. Um, I feel like it's... It, it's absolutely going to end up tying into the the timeless child kind of mystery. Um, I feel like this is all leading up to where did the doctor come from? Where is the other end of that wormhole? How does this all tie in together kind of thing? Um, and honestly, like I, I was mentioning this, that I wanted to completely throw it out because it just seemed so ridiculous. But I'm not seeing anything that's dissuading me from the timeless parents idea. Not yet. See, I I have been thinking more and more that the Timeless Child's origin might be tied more closely to Swarm and Azure and their race. Uh, it just seems like there's some sort of connection, some deeper history that obviously we haven't been given yet, and we've got one breakneck-paced episode left to get all of that straightened out. Mm-hmm. Where are you leaning? Like, like I have no where idea. Would you- Okay. <laughs> just throwing it on the wall. The, this wobbly bridge has no foundation or support of any kind. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's a bad theory. Built on sand. <laughs> I did not love the turnabout of one moment saying, you are the cause of all of this. I'm crumbling it because of you. Walks out of the room wait with enough time for the doctor to get the ood to show her everything. And then... Presumably, he shut it off before Tectayun came back. Not sure. But then 
She walks back in and says, oh, but won't you join me in this next universe? Going from a virus to, like, come with me for the next thing? Yeah, I totally am going to trust you the next time because that's a good planning. I just couldn't get on board with that. It was such a quick turnabout, and I get that it was trying to persuade her by saying you can either have your memories or you can do Mm. this in your old universe and save them. But why? If you've already determined... I I can't help but wonder if this wasn't uh, another fatality of the the shortening of the series you know was there going to be more time was she going to have a little bit more uh time trying like transitioning to that well maybe you can help me kind of thing or maybe it was more of an obvious like you're about to just completely ruin everything so i'm going to try and sway you to my side because that's the lesser of two evils kind of thing so i I, i'm hoping that there might have been more story in there to uh to kind of make it a little bit more palatable, but I agree with you. It was it was a little too quick as is. Yeah, I mean, we just don't get to, you know, if she's really just nothing but a problem for Tecteun's plans, why offer her any sort of choice at all? Why does she have the choice of, like, you know, attempting to save her friends? Why does she have the choice of going to the next universe? Why do you want her to go to the next universe? It seems like, you know, just mm-hmm. off her and be done with it so that she can't spoil any more of your plans. Mm. I just tried to file it away under she's trying anything she can do at this point to to eliminate uh any friction towards her going forward with her plans um you know i I try to push you away i try to give you an ultimatum that doesn't work all right i'm gonna try pulling you in i try the stick i'm gonna try the carrot i'm gonna try everything i've got in my arsenal to get your meddling out of the way or compartmentalized so that i can go forward with what i clearly believe to be the right thing because i have gone absolutely power mad at this point and uh, you know, and, and reasoning and and, and rational um, strategies are, are completely out the window. So now it's just shotgun method. So then, why not do something like if if division is so powerful, grab her friends while they're there too? Just I, I don't know. It just seems like such a paltry way to be like, let me break you down unsuccessfully, like kind of rile you up and get blamed for it more, and then in the next moment try this negotiation thing well that's kind of what she did the the taking friends with you was like the whole thing about well i'll take earth i'll i'll pull the whole thing with me you can have your little earth and we'll stick it in to this new universe um which apparently was your original universe if you believe that tripe Mm -hmm. um but again she's trying anything i just saw it as kind of grasping at straws but it could just be sloppy writing Yeah, that's where I'm going with this, is I just don't feel like there's a solid through line between it, and it it really pulls you out of the story. A bit. I will say at least it's better than one character expositing endlessly and just saying, I'm in a really dramatic situation, so I'm going to dump information on you. And at least this was conversational. (laughs) Although the, oh, a Time Lord device in which you can store your memories. (laughs) (laughs) Voiceover was a bit. On the nose. Yeah. I, I always wonder, why did they go with the fob watch again? Yeah. Like it, it fit period during human nature when mm-hmm. Paul Cornell came up with that convention because it was accurate for the time period, but... Eh. Well, then with the, the fugitive doctor, it was the 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 like the fire alarm thing that yeah. she broke, correct? So it's it, it doesn't have to be a fob watch. You know, it's, Chibnall's the one that we saw drift away from the fob watch, so... It's, yeah. I, I think it was just that kind of visual cue because it, 
we did see it ahead of time. I remember seeing it being like, oh, oh, fob watch that's coming into play. You know, it was, it was something <laughs> I could catch on early enough that it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be explained to me. It was, but hello, Mister Chekhov. You can put that gun right over there. We'll get back exactly. To yeah, because there's so uh-huh. many new fans that are still riding the flux train at this point. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> They're hopping on all the time, or well, crumbling off the edges. What? Yeah, <laughs> the train car is just ricketing back and forth on the rails. People are just falling out the side doors. Um, well, I will say another thing that we've got from this chapter in particular is we finally have a better understanding of where Mad Mole Joseph Williamson. We have a name for mutton chops now. Yay! And I'm all, still calling him mutton chops. You can well, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I'm sure he'd love it. Uh, but we we get where he and all of his tunnels fit somewhat into the the story uh, at large. But there's the, that little bit of explanation that we get from it comes at us really fast, really frantic, and steeped in Scouser accents. <laughs> so you know, he and Dan are just yelling at each other. Ho oh, ho! Subtitles. <laughs> That's how you learned Definitely. what Scouser was. It's exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> I had to do a little. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand the, this whole idea of the. Uh, of these temporal anomalies that he's been caught up in. Now him sort of popping up in tunnels at different times is making a little more sense. The idea of these doors that are going all over the place, but they're changing because things are starting Mm -hmm. to get a little rickety. I get all of that, but it now definitely feels like I am one facet too many in this really, really complicated story. So I wanted to check with everyone to sort of see if they think that this particular chunk or this particular you know little segment of the of the story writ large or maybe maybe any other piece of the overall tale could just as easily have been sort of written out and say you know what let's just tighten this whole thing up we'll leave this aspect out of it because it's not necessary i kind of wonder if this is the artifact of the broader 10 episode season that mm-hmm. probably should have been dropped when they condensed everything down because i if i had to guess i think we would have probably seen more of the stories tied to more of those tunnels in a longer season um, yeah. that w- we didn't get those tendrils of this story. So do we really need mm-hmm. to come back to this hub of the tendrils without having more of that story? I think having, having tendrils through the rest of the episodes would have been great. And honestly, I would have enjoyed an entire episode dedicated to this story. The, mm-hmm. the, the way that they set it up with the, you know, almost like the ghost story of, oh, he, you know, some people still see him wandering around the tunnels kind of thing. Uh, like that could have been an interesting premise, an interesting setup. And then you have the, the trio wandering around the tunnels coming up against who knows what, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be monster of the week. It's just monster of this five minutes mm-hmm. and have an entire story built up to like the last 15, you know, 10, 15 minutes where they take their time and explain things or go through a couple of the doors or things like that. It, this definitely could have used so much more room to breathe as it is. It was just, Oh, here's the, the, the shock factor of the Santarans are back again. Mm. Yay. I, I do feel though that it may end up being part of the denouement. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be able to get to mm-hmm. a different time and back to Carvanista and the ships because of these tunnels. So if yeah. you were to completely remove it, you remove your hand of God at the end saying, okay, now you can get back to your time right. because that's your bridge. Did, we only saw the Centaurans come through one of the doors though, right? Or did they bust through all the doors? I think the they tunnels? were, I think they were, it was, 
banging on multiple doors, but we only saw them come through one, if I remember correctly. Right. My thought is that the doors led to different worlds, but also different times on Earth. So the ones that are now fiery, fiery doom deaths mm-hmm. are worlds that have been completely ravaged by the flux, and that's okay. why it's fire. And then the ones that are Earth maybe those are the ones that Suntarns were knocking on hmm. and then entering at least one. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how he can justify how the fact that the doors are changing now. But yeah, I- I'm sure we'll get some sort of a slapdash explanation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying not to be pessimistic about this, but but that that whole aspect of it, d- to your point, Jay, that that is definitely one that could have had its own uh, flux chapter to get established so that where when we see the the scattering of both him and the and the repercussions of the doors in other chapters it mm-hmm. has something grounded bell and vinder could have had you know bell and slash or vinder or maybe simultaneously it becomes a kind of a where i am where you are um split story chapter mm-hmm. all these things feel like they've really needed their own standalone to be the the the, to take Haley's point, that that sort of grounded little chunk of foundation to say everything else we're going to build on this, even though it's going to get really, really chaotic, you're at least going to have touch points to say, all right, okay, it, it, we've done this in arcs before, but at least I have, I know each of my pieces really well. I've looked at my piece and now I want to see where the puzzles connect. But right now we're being handed pieces that look like they're from totally different puzzles or that we're supposed to be told, hey, and these connect and we've never we haven't even been handed the individuals it's just it it's not just rushed it's rough Mm -hmm. i feel like the meeting of them could have been the cliffhanger so when they meet him and you get a little bit of that teaser of him saying like oh i've been waiting for you for so long and then the next episode launches you into it's this adventure they're going on. So that way you get more explanation, but you mm-hmm. don't get it right one right after the other. And you get his more than just this door goes there, that door goes there. You get like the, the pinup map of the tunnels and you get to <laughs> see him, like see him go crazy trying to explain <laughs> to them wall. what it <laughs> right. is. Yeah. yeah. Or have, have like one part where you know when when Dan's on the Santaran spaceship in the the first episode I think or second I can't mm-hmm. remember now it's all starting to smush together, but I, like he you know goes down a hallway and sees himself and Yaz and Jericho from this episode like running across and being like what the heck was that and we get no explanation and it's just later on explained that they went through a door and ended up there and came back now and it's you right. could have had a lot more fun with it we don't well even don't know. you remember that I said this man knows Dan yeah uh, yes yes so now that's coming true yes very yes. good well, I was on. waving hold, my hold finger on. around I, listening. she's, she's, could she's you hear the wind? finger like she expects me to stick a gold star on it <laughs> alright good here's your star gold star and a sticker but another another what I think is clear evidence to me that something got cut kind of roughly the the, the editing editing one oh one is really uh, or maybe two oh one in this case is really kind of necessary and, and this is a conversation I was having with Julie a little earlier today was the fact that because we know Chris Chibnall loves to to be sort of very much in control. This is his story that he's wanted to tell since he was however many, you know, teen years old or whatever, and he's been waiting to do this, now he's got his chance. He doesn't want to hear somebody say, um, 
I've got this red pen and I just want to go through your script a little bit and make a little couple little little notes in the margins and he won't allow it. But it's the, the, the thing that, uh, that I noticed just today because we were spending more time in the tunnels, the post-flux um, dissolving dust stuff is gone. Where'd all that stuff go? Mm-hmm. That's no longer a thing. That was like a big thing for about a chapter and a half and now it just poof, nobody even talks about it anymore. Um, we have not gotten anything in about two episodes now about the fact that the TARDIS is crumbling from the inside and that they just decided, we're not going to. Well, it, well, it's parked in unit. Yes. Waiting. <laughs> it's been sitting there since, yeah, since Dover. <laughs> yeah. And nothing that was happening like crazy when the doctor was using the TARDIS has happened in the last 50 years. Yeah. 50 years. Right. <laughs> So it, we yeah. still don't know why the doors were coming up in all the wrong places and what any of that kind of stuff was. Yeah, yeah. unless Which, it's just the and, laws of time and, and space breaking. Down. Maybe they'll wrap it around in the next episode and give us a little bit of time was crumbling, and so the doors came f- connected somehow to these tunnels. But it's sloppy. Yeah, and that's it. And and that's what kills me because I actually I kind of I I like so much about this story overall. You know, I like a lot of the the risks he's taking and some of the crazy stuff that he's that he's throwing out there to 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 consider, or or the just the you know some of the the edges of the sandbox that he's starting to play within. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that's some that's kind of edgy stuff. I, I dig it, but it's just the mm-hmm. execution is just really letting me down on a lot of points. Uh, almost fifty fifty. It's like I I enjoy it, but I don't like the way the story is being given to me. I like mm-hmm. your story. I don't like your storytelling. <laughs> I guess is the gist of it. Fair enough, yeah. So, we haven't really talked about the Ravagers yet, and our shiny buddies are finally filling their passenger tanks, so to speak, and they're exploiting a psychic bridge to the Doctor that lets them get to Division in ways no one could have predicted. How convenient. Uh, (laughs) But what are we supposed to gather from the statements that Swarm makes about those who imprisoned me and you released me? I had a crazy thought, and now that we know what... Tectayun is trying to do with division. What if the Ravagers are the good guys? What if the people we've seen dissolved are being stored away so that they don't get destroyed by the flux or something? What if they're putting everybody in the the you know, these passenger forms? What if they really are lifeboats? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it seems crazy, but at this point, it 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 doesn't seem too far fetched. But he blew a couple of the passenger vaults away when he was maybe first they were empty. Them. I think I don't don't want to rain on your parade. (laughs) I hear what you're saying, but but you're wrong. (laughs) But the point, I think, on that uh, craggy hand world split apart looking thing was that they were gathering them to take their energies into themselves. So I think every time that they dust people, that they are... That like that's how they eat. <laughs> that okay. is them consuming mm-hmm. them, and the whole point of them gathering all of those people from that world and anywhere else that they could get them from was to do that in order to have enough space time to jump uh, out. Time force. Time force. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so space maybe- force. Time force to <laughs> jump <laughs> to jump to the doctor because yeah. they're psychically connected to her now because they touched her once and there's a bridge there i don't get that okay so maybe chaotic neutral to tectayun's lawful evil i don't know (laughs) well well, this is what's what's throwing me a little bit and and i'm i'm sure this is going to be pivotal to the to the big explanation or actually i should say to the big solution 
is that the you know Tectaion made it really clear that the flux was introduced in response to the fact that the doctor as the as the fly in the ointment for this universe that they had been tinkering with um, and amassing all of this power manipulating from in the shadows that if you if you say that your work isn't ha- in happening entirely in the shadows and that doesn't throw up a flag anyway but mm-hmm. they so the doctor is the is the is the x factor that needs to be eliminated so the flux is introduced but Swarm was making it very clear that from the early days of Division, millions of years back, when they were first imprisoned, and it was Division that put them there. You know, that's that's where that so that whole you know those who imprisoned us, revenge upon those who imprisoned us. But then by going and saying you released me, now you have to deal with what you you know what you've released, and he's still talking to Tectaeon. I think that Division placed them there because they knew eventually they may need an out. Oh, rather than getting rid of them, they just shelved them? Correct. Okay. And so they were imprisoned as the uh, <laughs> breaking case of emergency. Mm-hmm. And the emergency <laughs> of the doctor came about and they said, all right, time to release this so that we could... The plan was to not have to deal with the TARDIS and the doctor really stopping everything, (laughs) right? So it was supposed to just be a clean sweep of this universe, move to the next one. Because I think the point of Division is that it has always been outside of the universe watching. It's supposed to be like God looking over the universe and controlling from up here. Mm -hmm. And that's why the doctor could never find anything out about it. Yeah. It's because it was above and beyond and outside of, even though... Mm -hmm. I don't care. No secret society is that good. Some of those angels are going to talk. Somebody's going to talk <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Also completely, well, adjacent to that. Why were Swarm and Azure imprisoned in such different ways? I don't know. I'd like to know that mm-hmm. too. Azure was like mind wiped, effectively. And, uh, and imprisoned sort of- in a lot the same way that the Ruth Doctor was. Yeah. 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 Sleeper agent, so to speak. Uh, recycled sleeper agent through time maybe like always there but never again such a terrible way to just let let your little playthings run around (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine i'm sure she's never gonna wake up (laughs) right (laughs) i don't know i don't know how this is gonna wrap up but the i mean we've got we've got the doctor who is now one fob watch away from getting these answers from you know, filling in the gaps between the the timeless child, the fugitive doctor, division, the death of the universe, and and everything in between. So let's take a moment and focus on the really important question: Are we going to get more Yaz in costumes from the Mummy and Jericho in a beard? If we don't, we riot. Yeah, I just we riot with fuzz on our faces. <laughs> Dressing people like they should be in the Mummy is always a good idea. Everyone looks yes. good in those costumes. Yes, it's true. That's yeah, everything, entire turn of the 20th century, the first 30 years, everybody looked fantastic. So, I, I mean, when, when we finished watching this episode, you know, we sat there in silence for a moment, kind of like soaking it in. And, you know, then it was, it was asked, it's like, okay, what'd you think? And I, I was like, well, I want an entire spinoff series of just Yaz, Dan and Jericho in this three years that they've spent <laughs> doing this. Like, I want that spinoff series. I think we were supposed to have a whole episode without the Doctor. Like, I kind of yes. mentioned this uh, last at the end of the last episode where if you looked at the preview, you just saw the companions and like, we've been in this time period for three years and yeah. we've been going on this journey to figure out 
what's going on. And I, we had the ad advertisements about the doctor is missing. And it's like yeah. pointing to like, we're going to see the companions on their own for a little while. And then we didn't get it. And it would have been glorious because this way, I think what they had to do was instead of getting the three years, they had to smash it all into 1904, which was the yeah. busiest damn year possible for them. Right. <laughs> Traveling on boats. Yeah. So ain't quick. That one that one boat they were on got a lot of miles under. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, doing the Indiana Jones map. dots going through maps and <laughs> loved it. And everything about those three and their adventures, I loved. It was great. I and I am just so glad that we still have that Jericho is traveling with them, and that yeah. he wasn't just left. In in Devon in, in 1901. I, I kind of thought we were going to get the girl with them, too. Oh, Peggy? Claire, yeah. Yeah. Claire. Oh, Claire. Oh, okay. Or whatever. Know, yeah. Yeah. Pe- whatever Peggy the was the one that was with them, yeah. Yeah. Claire was nah. still in 1967. Peggy has to still live out her cycle. She she just has to get back there by the 60s. <laughs> that <laughs> She's a crazy woman cat lady. never left. She yeah. stayed there. She has never gone away from that place. <laughs> yeah. That's... So every every uh, recluse and hermit and crazy cat lady you have in any town that you live in, they were actually time blooped there <laughs> by the weeping angels, and they will never leave because they have to fulfill their timeline. All right, yeah. that's that's now headcanon. Yep, <laughs> yep. I don't know. I, I'm so many pieces of this. Like, yeah, I, I could. Could I just have 15 minutes more of that mm-hmm. and let that breathe? Let me breathe. So I'm not because I'm I'm like afraid to reach down for my glass. I'm afraid to you know sort of you know do to look away for a second because I keep thinking now the answer is going to come. No, all right, mm-hmm. miss it. No, just more questions. Now the answer is going to no. That's not it. I feel like it's when you read one of those books that jumps from chapter to chapter and you in between characters chapter to chapter. And you get to the next chapter, and it's a character. You're like, I'm not ready for that person again yet. And you kind of want to skip ahead, but then you're <laughs> going to miss the reveal points between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that. Like, you see the next scene open up, and you're like, ah. Oh, no. Meanwhile. No, I don't want to meanwhile. I don't want to yeah. meanwhile. I want to still while. I want the continuation of that thing before we go back to the meanwhile. So, but we're yeah, we're just in a position now where there's so much that has to get smashed into fifty one or fifty two minutes that I just don't know. Even even if it's something that we can say, all right, I, I see what you did. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I got some answers. I create. I'm just gonna feel like I got cheated a bit mm-hmm. out of the fuller story. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the, and that's what we've said pretty much through the entirety of this. Was it just? It feels like we are missing things the entire time and not because they're writing a really good mystery. It's because they just don't have time to give us all the information that we need for the story they're trying to tell. And I, I'm not the writer. I don't know what's going to happen, but I cannot see how they are going to wrap this to a successful end in Mm -hmm. one more episode. Are Mm -hmm. they going to, or do the specials continue this story? We've never gotten confirmation one way or the other. We just have mm. sort of a, a nebulous description of what the New Year's special is going to be. And like, you know, at a panel, they they were saying like, this is a six part story, but is it really? Yeah. Well, Julia, you know, there's be- that it has to have some sort of a long tail to it. It has to, mm. like, it'd be really crappy storytelling if they just say, boop, and the needle comes off the record and you pretend like nothing. Yeah. I still want something to be ended 
even if there are repercussions, which I think yeah. this show could use a little bit of, hey, this is a new world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with these new things. But I want there to be a wrap at the yeah. end of this. The, there needs to be a satisfying conclusion to the division thing. It it can be a cliffhanger of like, okay, I'm I'm punting the ball and you know, RTD can pick it up later on and, and pick the story up again, but this is the conclusion of this chapter with the division. There needs to be a a, a resolution with the Santarans invading Earth. You know, like I feel like that's the easier one to wrap up. Mm-hmm. It's, there can absolutely be things that don't get completely resolved, but we need some kind of conclusion to this portion of that story. And I'm, I'm worried if, uh, about them being able to pull it off so quickly. 60% of my questions need to be answered before <laughs> this is over. Yep. Get you over the midpoint. <laughs> yeah. Like, at a minimum, ratio. I would like 60% completion. <laughs> or, or 60% answers to all of my questions. That could work too. <laughs> We we at least want a D for the season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just give me a 1.0 and get me through this damn class. <laughs> yeah. No failing grades. And that was probably very American humor. <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to just tumble with the what things could have been let go. Um because we still need to know, you know, where the significance of uh Diane to this is going to be other than just to give Vendor somebody to talk to. So he's not talking to himself and his gun the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, at least bell now has Carbonista and they can yell at each other, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least she had the Tamagotchi to talk to before. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, that, that reminds me. All right. So take yourself back to the, one of the earliest moments in this particular chapter, when Carbonista realizes that there is a ship breaking formation. Mm-hmm. And leaving a hole. And that's why he summons back the remote ship that happens to have Bell in it. Mm-hmm. Again, I think there should have been some significance to the ship that just broke ranks and left a big hole. That we know that there's probably something going on and this is hinkity pinkity. Maybe this is how the Centaurans got in or whatever. Yeah, let, let us see a, a dead Lupari on the floor and a shadowy figure exiting the door, letting us know that something nefarious happened. Yeah, he, you if, just let if a there was, go. Th- there was a Lupari for every human on Earth at the time, right? Maybe this one went to go fetch Diane. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it would have been fun to have that question answered. But again, like there was already so much crammed in here and we didn't get you – know, we got some answers and some further questions and it just – yeah. If we had gotten that, we might be complaining like we didn't need that information. Where was the rest of this this question that we had? You know, so mm-hmm. it's I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I've already written uh, I've already written it off and said I'm just going to have to rewatch the entire story once it's wrapped up. And maybe like the Timeless Child too. Yeah, but I'm not going back and I'm not picking apart individual episodes again. Like I I watch it the once and I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens next week because I'm not going to get more out of this because they're they're intentionally withholding a lot. I'm going to give you one more thing that I don't think they would have name checked the master as the doctor did without him being somewhere in this mess. I would not be surprised by a Sasha Dewan K 
cameo next week. He was on the Lupari ship. <laughs> or was plotting with the Centaurans. Uh, something. Because- or he is the serpent. <laughs> right? We still don't know what kind of alien the Grand Serpent is. Does it matter? True. He's the master in a rubber just- mask. And a snake back jacket. We, we've, yeah. we've seen the master with CGI snake stuff before. So Also, yeah. thanks for having a snake crawl out of a guy right before I'm going to go to bed. I needed those nightmares. <laughs> also, yeah, we watched with our youngin because it's been <laughs> mostly easy enough. And this one, we were like, hey, look over here, look over here. Dada's making a funny face. <laughs> So I was like, if he wakes up with snake nightmares. Uh, but yeah, I think that I don't know yet if it matters to me. I want to know if it does, uh, because I wonder, is he a different kind of Time Lord? Screwing with stuff. Is he part of Division? Is he outside of all of this? It doesn't even matter. Yeah. How is Vinder able to travel without a ship to a random remote location? Oh, uh, that, that looked time- like a Vortex manipulator on his wrist. Right? Yeah. So... I know we've gotten Which, the smallest amount of military someone sitting across from him and he's got the, you know, they're in some sort of service. Mm-hmm. What service? Yeah. Are they human? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> More. See, 60% <laughs> of my questions. That's all I need. <laughs> well, that's, that's the frustrating thing is we don't have enough information to know which questions are pertinent. We can yeah. be like, I want more information on this, but I don't know if I need it yet. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the frustrating part. Is Chibnall writing himself as the mom to all of this? Because the fight that they just had, we're having with this hypothetical person <laughs> who has written this story for us saying, where he's saying, you don't even know what questions to ask, where to even begin. And we're saying, you won't even deign to answer them. <laughs> this is so it, meta. Mean, t- Chibnall has not has not shied away from speaking directly to the audience through a character before. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we've seen him in some really, really ugly shirts, but if we see him in a straw gardening hat, we it's know. all over. Yeah. <laughs> it's him. That's his mom. Next week, we are going to be coming back with the, the final chapter of the flux story, the vanquishers. I'm, I'm interested to see how this wraps up. And if it wraps up. <laughs> yeah. It had better. <laughs> Surprise. It's a three hour long episode. <laughs> Refill your drinks, everybody. <laughs> this has been episode 450 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next week, this is Jake saying, fetch your dog. <laughs> and this is Gear saying, I'm teasing you again. I don't get to tease people much. I knew you were going to latch onto that character. (laughs) This is Julie saying, is this what it's like to be you? Is this what you've done? You've made me one of you? Oh, right. Just kidding. I've been a nerd all along. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Haley saying, I'm a hermit. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. I'm Lizzie. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR. And you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. 
Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Jacob Hansen, Godfrey Public Radio is copyright 2021. We'll see you next week.